0: It's time now for Illinois Innovators, spotlighting the leaders in research, technology, and entrepreneurship from the engineering at Illinois community. Welcome to another edition of Illinois Innovators. I'm your host, Mike Kuhn. Today, we welcome Allison Dunn to the program. She's an assistant director of mechanical science and engineering at the University of Illinois and specializes in what she calls non-traditional tribology, which is the study of surfaces moving against other soft materials like body tissues. She recently was awarded an NSF faculty early career award to study how hydrogels interact with biological tissues. Her work also has the potential to further develop general rules for designing hydrogels with specified surface requirements. Professor Dunn, welcome to the program. (laughs) Thank you. So uh, just jump right in here. uh, kind of what are we talking about hydrogels i know uh before the program you talked about that. there's been a lot of other uh studies using other materials but not hydrogels so that you're kind of on the uh, on the start of uh, what could be very exciting
1: uh gosh i hope so uh there's a lot of work going on with hydrogels now uh people are designing in um drug treatments. They're designing hydrogels to biodegrade inside the body, so to only be present for a certain amount of time. They're designing super tough and strong uh, hydrogels, um, and so those are all amazing advances, but when you think about taking one of those hydrogels and making it the correct shape to, let's say, replace the big pad of cartilage in your knee, the meniscus, um, there's a lot of mechanical design requirements it has to only flex so much it has to uh, absorb energy if someone's jumping up and down on it and um it has to slip repeatedly so somebody can get up out of their chair walk across the room um and so the the surface properties are integral to hydrogels fully being designed for real devices going into the body um So that's what I'm really excited about, is looking at the the surfaces, how they respond, and trying to figure out exactly what gives rise to that response, because the materials themselves uh, are complex. It's not like uh, a piece of steel where we can measure the properties and say that they are homogeneous throughout, make a prediction about how it breaks or yields, uh, and move on. Um, So I can tell you Uh, more about the the complexity of the materials um in a minute and kind of what we're doing on that front
0: well hydrogels as a material you've talked about uh is used in a lot of different ways but as a mechanical um you know device uh something relatively new so how do you take that material and 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 study it and try to figure out the given its properties what it can do
1: um that's a great question uh For the most part, um, when hydrogels were first synthesized, kind of in the 1980s, 1990s, um, they made devices based on how they could manufacture them and how they could work with them. So, for example, soft contact lenses. They're silicone-based, but they also are hydrogels, which means water is an integral part of their structure and gives rise to their shape. So contact lenses have to be handleable. A person has to be able to hold them put them in their eye, so they have to be stiff enough to do that. They also have to be more compliant enough to fit the shape of someone's eye and to sort of conform to the eye um, and be comfortable enough. They have to be low friction. So that's an example of um, how you might take a a class of materials and use it for a specific um, device. So part of my Ph.D. work was funded by a contact lens company um, who wanted to study the surface properties of hydrogels and figure out what makes them most comfortable. Um, And so from my perspective, uh, designing in how slippery they are at the surface is an integral part of their um, function in the body. And so if you hold a contact lens in your hand and sort of rub it between your fingers like you're supposed to clean them and stuff, They feel very slippery. And so we have an instrument in the lab um, that we've built, which measures um, the very low friction that hydrogels sort of inherently have. And so they could have friction coefficients as low as 0.00 something, 0.005, which for hard material would be considered like super lubricious. But for gels, that's fairly standard. Um, And so with that low amount of friction, uh, it's hard to measure. So we have to uh, design the instrument and understand the measurements pretty carefully. Um, And so what we want to understand moving forward is uh, how can that friction or that lubrication be designed into the material for a specific purpose? Let's say there's a hydrogel coating on a catheter that's being snaked up through an artery in the body to perform some Strategic function in the heart; um, it has to navigate that whole artery and not uh, and have uh, basically low resistance to sliding, because you might encounter uh, calcified um, chunks along the way or different turns in the artery that you want to navigate without damage. So there are specific lubrication requirements for that, um, and so if a if a doctor or a, a biomechanician designing this can tell us what that is and we understand the fundamental um, origins of the friction of the resistance to slip then we can say you should have this type of a gel or a hydrogel and you should have this type of uh, function so that you can always have the, the friction coefficient between X and Y values and therefore sort of prevent as much damage as possible. So that's a potential application of the research that we're doing in the lab.
0: So let's talk a little bit about how you got here, because obviously in order to get a career award like this, you had to have some work that went into beforehand that mm-hmm. the NSF saw as this was a real big potential. So talk a little about, uh, you know, what has been going on prior to this. And obviously this is a five-year award, so you have some time here to, to really build on it, uh, the foundation that you've, that you've done uh, while you've been here at Illinois.
1: So we've done a little bit of work about the origins of friction lubrication on hydrogel surfaces, and we, um, there's a lot of opinions in the, the tribology community, uh, biomechanics community, about where does the resistance to slip even come from. Hydrogels are made from uh, basically a polymer matrix, so that could be something like Uh, polyacrylamide or um or other sort of harder hydrogels and then you make them you synthesize them in the presence of water and so then that water uh they cure and the water gives them that structure so you could imagine jello in the refrigerator has Mm -hmm. the same thing um so there are no chemical cross links in that in that gel but we make a gel that's a little bit more solid let's say Um, and so there's, there are opinions that the friction comes from the chemistry of the polymer itself. There are um, opinions that it comes from the water, that if I push on a gel hard enough, water is going to squeeze out. That will maybe give a fluid layer that provides this lubrication. And now there are um, more sophisticated theories that the, the lubrication arises from how the polymer holds the water within the structure, basically its affinity – For water because some hydrogels hold more water than others some will swell more than others Um, and so the we have some work that um, i first did upon arriving here in Illinois, illinois which i thought was very exciting where we tried to squeeze water out of hydrogels so we pushed on it really hard we tried to figure out is there any um is there any good basis for that theory and so we think that we were able to by pushing on gels a little harder than the human body would, um, pushing on them to squeeze that water out. And then uh, we found that when you squeeze the water out, the friction goes way up. So that sort of gave us um, some initial evidence that you need the water, but you need the water to maintain itself inside the gel to maintain that low friction. If you squeeze it out, you try to slide a hard probe across the surface, the friction is much higher. And so you can't, that sort of gives us an indication that You can't make a gel that is almost 100% water because if you touch it, the water squeezes out. It's not going to work very well. Um, So that was some exciting work we did about three years ago that I used as as background information for this most recent uh, grant proposal to the NSF.
0: Well, it sounds like... Uh, you hinted at a couple of uses so it seems like there's a variety of ways that can be used but it might depend on just sort of the the composition of the gel depending on its its use because sometimes you don't want the slippage you're talking about it and other times you absolutely do so it it must have some flexibility depending on you know the, the, the the nature of the compound
1: yeah um, we want to stick mostly with studying low-friction surfaces, okay. but there's the flip side of that, which is high-adhesion surfaces. So you may want to have a hydrogel that's used as a, a wound dressing for a burn victim so it stays hydrated, right? So it's not going to let the wound uh, dry out. It has the ability to maybe have some um, some m- metabolic transport throughout there because there's the water it can flow around um, so we want to stick mostly on the the low-friction devices. Um, we work a lot with a hydrogel called polyacrylamide that is very common. can be found in soft contact lenses. It's used in um, actually sorting proteins for gel electrophoresis, so there are very standard protocols for making it and tailoring its composition. So we work with gels that are anywhere from... 5% polyacrylamide, which is, means basically 95% water, so that would be really high water content, down to I think you can get polyacrylamides up to about 20% polymer, It's 80% water. So we choose these ones that are really high water content because we think that those would be most attractive for an implant in the body where you kind of want the, 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 f- the body lymph or saline or uh, joint fluid to be able to flow through it, To have some metabolic function or some um, drug delivery action, um, but still maintain some sort of a solid structure and be able to design a device out of it. Um, And so that's kind of what we're looking at now. And we have uh, sets of carefully designed experiments to figure out in what the role of the water is in its lubrication and what the role of the water is in just how it responds to forces in general. So if you had this meniscal uh, pad in your knee and you jumped up and down 50 times, would that squeeze all the water out? Um, right now we don't know, we f- we don't fully know the answer to that. And so we're studying the the contact mechanics by applying different loadings and different um, different shapes of contact and then we're also applying different motions of slip and studying the resistance to slip. One unique um, feature that we have of our instrument is the ability to look at the contact. So most tribology contacts throughout history are buried contacts. You have two surfaces that come into contact. You can't you can't uh, slide them against each other and understand what's happening at the same time as you're pulling them apart to look inside. So what we've done... Um, is use these transparent hydrogels uh, as uh, we can see right through them. So in some sense, there's it's like a built-in window to, the, to visualizing the contact. So we work with fluorescent markers and we work with um, just bright field imaging and take videos of things coming in and out of contact with these surfaces and then uh, the surfaces as things slide across to see how they're responding. We don't know initially how deep the these gels would even feel a surface loading so we put in little markers to try to determine um, if we push on a gel where is the gel sort of feeling that force and how is that for how is that strain distributed throughout
0: that's very cool i mean that that you have the opportunity to be able to look in and yeah. and see that mm-hmm. so obviously you're looking you have a vision um, and you had to be working closely with physicians or the the biomedical community to to kind of gauge their interest, the possibility how are those conversations go? I mean, are they really excited about the possibilities uh of this i mean i 'm sure they are, but can you just put that in uh to how closely you work with them as you as you see what the vision of this is going to be you know five six years from now
1: sure um so I actually hope that this more fundamental work. Uh, will help those conversations along. Um, I've worked with some industry, but it their, um, their chemistries and their functionality is very proprietary, so they want to keep it to themselves. Um, I've had some good conversations with industry uh, visiting the campus, and I've gone to visit um, biomedical device companies, um, but I think that they are not necessarily ready to design a surface from the ground up i think that they'll read my papers they tell me that they read my papers mm-hmm. um, and so uh, this the work that we're planning to do through this grant could be applied to many different devices so there's not uh, there's not a single company that makes uh, exploratory implants and contact lenses and all of these coatings um, but i think that if we come up with some design rules uh, that they haven't necessarily um, thought of or maybe haven't had the, um, the manpower to sort of put these things in from the ground up while they're also worrying about the bottom line, uh, I think that they could use these design rules moving forward. Um, I tell I will tell you, I am excited about the, the Everett Lab opening up soon, um, the medical school kicking off, and some more opportunities to work with either MD-PhDs or collaborate with groups that have more insight and interest as to the the biological side of things.
0: So you talked about working with uh, other groups, and one of the things that's exciting about this, I mean, this is very interesting stuff, is you've got a chance to um, share that in high school camps and things like that. Uh, talk about what that experience is like and, and the... Um, sort of the, I don't know if it's the aha moment that, that mm-hmm. you're able to see mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, the, the future engineers um, down the road.
1: Yeah. Um, so among all the sort of roots of dissemination of the work, one of them is with outreach to um, people who may be considering careers in mechanics or materials, um, design of, uh, of new and unique devices for the future. Uh, so I work um, to design short experiments with um, with high school students. So I work with um, STLE, Society for Tribologists and Lubrication Engineers. They have a national organization, um, as well as uh, local sections. And so every year at the annual meeting, I put on a project um, for high schoolers to come and interact, and then I also work with the, the Mechanical Science and Engineering Department with their um, with their girls' camps every summer. And what I really like to do is um, experiments in tribology, of course, but I have the students design part of the experiment. So um, I come in, and I give them a short presentation, and I rub my hands together really fast, and I say, yeah, uh, what's the or yeah? You know, why do your hands heat up when you rub them together really fast? Well, there's there's friction, and that friction goes into heat generation, and you feel that because you have nerve endings all over your hands, um, and that leads me to talk about how the the surface of the skin um, gives rise to that heat generation. If the skin was perfectly flat, then it would be different. If the skin was bumpier, it'd be different, and so that's an avenue to um, introducing people to how material and surface properties give rise to their function, and um, what I hope to do is uh, is help people to realize that you don't have to you don't have to have a PhD to design a good experiment. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can think about a problem like why do my hands heat up? or uh, one of my favorites is um, how quickly does a uh candy surface wear away and you quantify that to um to figure out its properties so of course we do uh lollipops with the candy shell and the chocolate on the inside um but students design their own experiment i say here's you know you put it in your mouth it's totally complex there's yeah. enzymes breaking it down there's mechanical action if you're actually looking on it right um so how uh, how would you design an experiment to break down those two different components? So if you rub it against sandpaper and then you put it in a cup of water, how fast does it take to wear these things away? So um, I like to I like to have people think carefully about the materials and what they're made of and how that affects their function. And I think there's new generations of uh, engineers that will work at the intersection of mechanics and materials because of all these new materials and they'll do amazing things for um for biomedicine they will take the design rules that i come up with you know which they'll consider this the dark ages uh, and they'll design uh, amazing new prosthetics and, and implants for improved quality of life and health outcomes so that's my that's my dream um, so I like working with, with young people, specifically high schoolers that have had a taste of chemistry, mm-hmm. a taste of physics. Um, and uh I hope that they take care of me when I'm old.
0: <laughs> well, when you talk about lollipops and I'm dating myself here, knowing how many licks it takes to get yeah. to the center of a Tootsie Pop, <laughs> this would uh you could figure you could figure that out. Uh yeah. and re- <laughs> um but again k- kind of back to your um to the hydrogels i would think down the road you could potentially talk about commercialization uh, you talked about th- there's so many uses that not one company is after everything that you're uh, uh that you're doing but certainly producing um the hydrogels and the, the mechanics behind that could lead itself down the road to some com- some commercial opportunities i would think
1: yeah perhaps um I see, so I see myself as someone who's going to come up with design rules Mm -hmm. that you could apply to many different specific chemistries of hydrogel. Um, But that's not to say that throughout the course of uh, just making our own samples in the lab, we make hundreds of gels of all different types every year. That's not to say that something we make in the lab um, couldn't be commercialized, (laughs) Right. Um, so I haven't really thought uh, too much about that, but I do, have some, I do have some ideas.
0: So I want to give you an opportunity to kind of talk a little bit about your lab, and so if people want to find out more about the stuff that's going on, because uh, this award specifically is a, is a five-year project. It's likely going to extend past that, but um, as people want to kind of follow the progress of this, how can they do that?
1: Uh, as people want to follow the progress uh, as they are able I would say uh, we put a lot of effort into writing papers that that a lot of people can understand mm-hmm. um, and so you can find you can find our journal papers uh, that's our that's kind of our main focus uh, but also you can head to my lab website uh, I publish updates about students uh, going to conferences or um, if uh, you know, if I go and speak somewhere or if we do a project, we have posters. Um, you can also find me on Twitter um, at Illinois Tribology. Uh, so I often will post updates there about what's going on in the lab. I try to post videos. Sometimes I'll even post data or experiments, mm-hmm. collaborations, or um, upcoming opportunities to come see the lab and meet with us. Um my lab is in the main hallway of the mechanical engineering lab, and we have a big open window uh, so uh, people are welcome to uh, to stop by um, but those are the main uh, ways that uh, that people could kind of interact with this material, like kind of what we're doing.
0: Well, I like it because it's so visual, and so I'm sure that there's there's opportunities to share this research visually that can people can really understand what it's all about.
1: yeah. Um, part of the research is using the microscope extensively Mm -hmm. so we have videos of you know fluorescent things moving around and things coming into contact so um, look for a lot more of those things (laughs) coming out now that we're now that we're funded to work on this project Um, I'm excited that uh, that my students will have the opportunity to sort of dig in a little bit deeper than they could on a one or two year project Um, and we'll have time after, I mean, we already have preliminary things coming out. We'll have time to get feedback from, um, yeah, the soft materials uh, mechanics communities at, at STLE and other, other awesome conferences.
0: Well, I happen to have worked in athletics before mm. this, and, and the I just think the applications to the athlete um, in terms of, you know, the, the cartilage and the knee and the joints and things like that, this could be very helpful. Uh, to that community as well.
1: Yeah. Um, the cartilage, uh, there's a lot of work going on in cartilage. It's an amazing, amazing, uh, part of the human body. And, um, there are, uh, there are exciting studies. Um, I have friends that work at University of Delaware and, and other places that are working on cartilage specifically. Um, and one thing that is, is coming out is that, uh, it, it functions well when you use it. Mm-hmm. um, and so there is uh there are slip properties of cartilage that we would love to be able to capture um in a synthetic material but it's very difficult um so yeah i don't uh i see i see uh improvements to quality of life um but also high performance um is another aspect of this uh designing something that uh that could be used for a long time without failing. So hydrogels that maintain water but are very strong, um, uh, yeah, would be, uh, would be something that would be ideal. But those, uh, those functions are almost at cross purposes. If you want mm-hmm. something to be very strong and tough, you put hockey puck rubber <laughs> down. If you want something to be very slippery, uh, it also tends to be fairly delicate. So this is, a, this is one of those very hard um, problems where design constraints are pitted against each other. Um, but hopefully with some of the work that we're doing, um, we, can fi- we can move a little bit more toward a center where we can have the best of both worlds.
0: Well, fascinating stuff, and I appreciate you taking the time to share uh, with us about your research. And uh, you know, come back and, and see us as we, if we've got stuff that uh, you want to talk about or discoveries or give us an update on how things go. going. We'd love to have you back on the program.
1: <laughs> Thanks so much.
0: Allison Dunn has been our guest. She's an assistant professor of mechanical science and engineering at the University of Illinois. I'm your host, Mike Kuhn. Thank you for joining us. Illinois Innovators is a production of Engineering at Illinois. All rights reserved, we invite you to subscribe to the podcast through iTunes or SoundCloud by searching Engineering at Illinois. We hope you'll help grow our core of listeners by leaving a favorable rating
1: on iTunes.